Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza. And on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we have two very long time members of the Rockstar Inner Circle membership. Um, I mean, they've become good friends. It's Jillian Henderson and Deirdre Dunn. They both came on to share some of their stories, why they got involved in real estate, some of their thinking around life, and really just enjoyed that they were able to do this and, and, uh, and share these stories with us. They, Jillian brought her daughter Taylor on as well. So it was just interesting to get her perspective on life and what she's going to do. Wait till you hear some of the answers to some of the questions that we throw her way. Obviously, uh, we agree with a lot of her thinking, but it was just really a pleasure to hear that from someone her age. So she is on here as well. I'm pretty sure everybody shares their contact information in one way, shape or form if you want to reach out to, uh, to anyone. And if you are listening to this and you want to get started into real estate investing and you want to become a rock star inner circle member like Jillian, Jillian and Deirdre, you can find out about the Rockstar Inner Circle membership that we've been running now for, I guess, 13 or 14 years at this URL. It's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. If you go to that website, you'll see all the benefits that you get as a Rockstar Inner Circle member, including the monthly newsletter and the audios and the events that we host and all the classes. The classes began as two classes. Now there's about 20 classes um, so we've come a long way from two basic classes to 20 different classes. We divide them up all into stages for people who are just starting out to some of the more advanced classes. They're all there listed on that website for you. And that URL again is rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Yeah, yeah, the, the intro. Yes, you're right. we are, we're live. We're live right now, Deirdre. And that intro, we paid. I think we paid five dollars or twenty five dollars on Fiverr.com no to have that intro made. That was it was steal. gonna. It was yeah. It was gonna live for like a, about a month until we got a, a better one made. And it's been years, and we haven't replaced <laughs> it. And I hadn't listened to it in like two years. And someone in the office played it. I'm like, that's the intro to our podcast. Yes, it is. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to change that immediately. So we're currently working on a, a on a really? better one. I yeah. imitate him every. Every really? Time. Every oh time I, I imitate it as I'm listening to oh it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a yeah. bit of an embarrassing intro, but it's kind well, of, maybe it's taken on a life of its own. Are you ready? I would say that taking on a life of its own. Now, yes. if you can create something that is a match for that or like like over the top even more, then that would, that would even yeah. go yeah, yeah, further. Yeah. Okay. So listen, thanks to all of you. So I'm sitting here with Deirdre Dunn. Notice how I said Deirdre? I'm very impressed. The reason I said Deirdre is because Deirdre, we've been, we've known each other. I feel like it's been 10 years, something like that. 2009, I think. 2009? Holy smokes. And I, for the longest time, were, was calling you, what was I calling you? Oh. Deidre? Yeah, Deidre. And, and there's an R in the name before the D. It's Deirdre. Yeah, like so Dear I stand, Tom. I stand corrected. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And Jillian Henderson and her daughter, Taylor, are here. Um, Taylor, I'm, I just didn't repeat your last name now. I just thought for privacy reasons in my, my, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not repeating your last name, but Jillian and Taylor are here. Thanks to all of you for being here. You didn't have to come all this way to be here. We're, we're know, very but thankful. This is exciting. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Taylor. Um, and then Jillian, we, Deirdre, you were just asking Jillian, what in your past life you were in? Oh, Deirdre asked me, how did I get into being a pharmaceutical sales rep, right? From television. Yeah, from <laughs> television. <laughs> I think I was more interested in the television. Leap? Yeah, like how did you get into television? Oh, well, well that was that was 
graduated from high school and applied to radio and television arts at Ryerson University. I got I got in. It was a three-year degree, and then I worked in production for a few years. But uh, I guess out of that, I had uh, a family member who was a farmer rep, and I wanted his life looked way better than mine. <laughs> so I wanted to. I said, "Can I job shadow you for a day?" He said, "Sure." So I did, and I said, "Boom! That's what I want to do." Because this is such an easy job, <laughs> and you get paid for lunch. You get a car, all your technology, uh, cell phones covered, gas covered, even on weekends and evenings. Why, Deirdre? Do you have a background in pharmacy? That's how we too? met. <laughs> oh, that's how you guys met. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. So I didn't I, know. Yeah, I came from pharmaceutical. I was in pharmaceutical sales for ten years. Oh, really? Yeah, I forgot too. that before you went into real estate. Yes. Holy smokes. So you yeah. guys knew each other in a past life. Uh, yes, sort of. But w- at the same company even. Yeah. But we bumped into each other at a doctor's office, not even knowing we were at the same company. Yes. <laughs> wow. I was contract. You were permanent at the time. Yes, so exactly. it's a little bit of a different category. Yeah. So you yeah. both are telling me there's money in pharma, eh? No, not I'm, anymore. Oh, uh-huh. there's not? Oh, no. I was making a joke. I thought, yeah. oh, there's yeah. lots of money in pharma. <laughs> no. No? no? There's no. Well, notice we both don't work in it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Really? So why is there no money in pharma anymore? They just change the way the, in, the sales are done? Okay, so in 10 years... Pull the mic closer to you. For some reason, I'm not picking you up as strongly as I want to. So in 10 years, I went through uh, five downsizings, three in three years. So I spent most of my time looking over my shoulder, wondering when the next downsizing was going to happen. And I was very conscious of never wanting to be at the very top, never wanting to be at the very bottom. You really just want to be in the middle. You're talking about the sales? Sales, Yeah. 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 Because that's where you you don't get let go when you're directly in the middle. <laughs> wow. So I got what really a way tired. to live, right? Like we've all been horrible. in that spot. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. never, I'll always, always remember this when I decided to leave pharma. I was driving from Owen Sound down to Collingwood, and it's I think it's Highway 21, and it was like June or May or June, like a perfect day for driving. Here I am in a company-paid automobile and nice cars too. Nice car, yeah. just had my lunch paid for by the company, had you know all my tech paid for by the company, my internet, everything. And it's a beautiful day, and I'm driving down, and, and I could see Collingwood, um, ski hills to the right, and the water to the left. And I'm thinking, am I ever so lucky? And I thought, yeah, and I could leave this in a moment. <laughs> and yeah. I knew at that point, that was when I decided my exit, I needed to leave. And when did, when did you leave? What year was that? 2015, January 2015. Huh. That's that's funny because I left uh, s- November 2015, but I was downsized and that was it. Yeah, I just left. You, you quit. <laughs> you I resigned. Quit. Deirdre, that's interesting. That takes a lot of guts to just quit. How old were you at that at that time, roughly, if you don't uh, mind me asking? Well, Give, me be, Give me a ballpark. Give me a ballpark. I don't ballpark. mind saying, I used to lie about my age, so I'll be 62 next month. Oh my gosh, you look great. Yeah. You're Thanks. 62 next yeah. month? Yes. That's I would have great. never guessed that. That's great that you don't lie or don't uh, subvert. I used to. I know, I that's good. To because that means you're, you're, good, like you're, you're comfortable in yourself I used now. to take five years off. <laughs> <laughs> you could. Yeah. Wow. No one would know. So yeah, you so, quit. So I was in my 50s. Wow. And I went, yeah. And so at that point, I had, I already had investment properties. And I used to joke with my husband, you know, when I retire, I'm going to become a real estate agent. Because that's a great job to have when you're oh, retired. Geez. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and I'm not retired. <laughs> and, I bet you're uh, busier than you ever were. Yeah, I, bet. I was busier than I ever was. Yeah. But I, because we had moved a lot. My husband and I had moved. I was calculating this on the weekend. 
By the time my eldest daughter was 10, we'd moved five times. And in 30 years marriage, I think I've moved 12 times. And sorry, why were you moving That's that much? Oh, because I thought it was an adventure, and we'd move, fix up a house, oh, go got on it. to the next okay. house. Okay, okay. Yeah. Holy smokes. So I, so I was in real estate. I was sort of investing already. Didn't like the industry. Had It was just, yeah, wasn't for me. I was tired of corporate life. So I thought, what else can I do? And I thought, you know what? I think I could go into real estate. Is that when we crossed paths? Or no. had we had already crossed no, paths? No, so this by was 2000. So I decided to start working on my real estate license. If I left in 2015, I probably started working on it two years before, so 2013. Got and it. And I came to Rockstar in 2009. Yeah, wow. Okay, and that's I how I remember. And I think I'm the yeah. only person who didn't come off the internet. Really? Yeah. No, we have a bunch. How did oh, you find us? Was it one of the newspaper ads? No, it was out in Calgary at a oh week-long week yeah. uh, real estate investment course. Yeah. And the, the guy who was putting it on... Um, had investors up on a session. I remember uh, we session, were on a panel. A panel. Yeah, yeah. And you and Nick were the only ones from Ontario. And I went, I got to talk to those guys. And then you said you were from Burlington. And I like made a beeline as soon <laughs> as it was over. Yeah, at the time our office was in Burlington. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's how we crossed paths. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm so happy that you guys are here because I think just before we started recording, you were saying there's not enough women on the podcast. Well, so now right we're fixing now we're, we're, we're <laughs> fixing that. But I'll tell you, it's not by choice there's not enough women on the podcast. Can I tell you why there's often not enough women on the podcast? Because yeah. women are slightly more humble than men. So when we ask them to share their, yeah, surprise, surprise, right? So when we ask women to share their story, they always feel not worthy. Oh, what do I have to share? What am I going to say? And guys, when you ask guys, are like, absolutely, I'll come on the podcast. I'll tell everybody how to invest. I'll share my story. So, and that kind of happened with you both. When I approached yes. you and said, because I think you came to me yes. at one of the events that yes. we were doing. Entrepreneur bootcamp, yeah, right? yeah. And you were like, hey, you should have more women on the podcast. And I asked both of you to come on the podcast. And you were, <laughs> we're both, like, what, were, what was your reaction? No, take it back. There is nothing I have to share. There are yeah. people doing way more than me. Yes. Why would anyone want yeah. to listen? I was so happy to get that reaction. Jillian, and you were very similar. You were like, no, well, what do I What well, do I have to yeah, share? Yeah, we went up, we kind of went up. You said we, there needs to be more women. And there we were, two women talking to Tom, saying there needs to be more women. And you put it back on us. And we we were both like, oh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. So then, <laughs> then, then we came up with the idea to have you both come here yeah. together. Yeah. Taylor, your daughter, has now joined us. So I'm for, for, uh, forever grateful for this. So thank you. Taylor's <laughs> off a day of school for this. No way. <laughs> Grade 12. Great. I'm happy. Grade 12 even. Ooh, this that's is serious. way better education. That's, I agree. that's serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I, so I got to ask, why, I don't know who wants to go first, but why go down the real estate investing journey um, Jillian, do you want to start? Maybe let's sure. start with you. Why did you go into real estate? What was the thinking? Were you pulled into it? Was it something you wanted to do yourself? Kind of walk us through that a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So for me, uh, it was uh, at a friend's house on the coffee table was the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I picked it up in an idle moment. I, from the first paragraph, I was hooked. I said, this is this guy understands me right from the get-go, and this book offered the promise of the answer that I was looking for. Because I knew something wasn't quite right in how finances worked, personal finance, economics, what I had, the path laid out before me was all I knew. But I read his book, and I said, okay, I'm turned on. This is how it's got to be. And that was the beginning, and that was the, the jump start I needed to move on. 
Um, so that's how I did it. And then so. what did you do next? Uh, did you jump into a type of real estate? Were you looking for someone to help you? Like, what's the next step after somebody reads a book like that? I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, well, fortunately, I already did own a house by that point, my own house I lived in, but with no thoughts to renting or investment purposes. Um, I think the next move after that was, it took a few years, but uh, jumped in with two feet and bought an eightplex in Kitchener was our first oh rental property. Wow. I knew that and I had forgotten. Yeah. Holy around, smokes. So yeah. you went from nothing to an eightplex? Eightplex. Yeah, right. on the commercial side. I shouldn't side say nothing, thing. not nothing, yeah. but I mean, you went from little experience yeah. investing to an eightplex. Exactly. I forgot. Yeah. And that was on the commercial side of lending, which was, they everyone told us, well, that's a whole other world over there. You know, watch it as the boogeyman on the commercial side, different rules and all that. But uh, yeah, I got into it and I was the primo, the first property manager. Like we didn't hire out to anybody. And I bought that as a joint venture with my spouse at the time, my husband, but I was the lead on property management. So I really cut my teeth on that in a big, big way. A lot to learn, steep learning curve, but it, it worked out. It worked out. Awesome. But, yeah. Yeah. Good for you doing the property management yourself too, because that's ultimately how you learn. And Nick and I have always mm -hmm. believed that like when you're starting off, manage mm -hmm. the property yourself, even though it's a real pain in the ass, mm -hmm. manage it yourself because then you learn yeah. what is going on. So when you hire a property manager, you don't feel like you're getting taken advantage of. Exactly. Not that they're taking advantage of you. Well, you but know so, what questions to ask. You know yeah. what questions to ask. You know if they're marking up some repairs a little excessively. <laughs> and which yeah. happened later. So I knew what was going on. I said, this can't be right. No way. Yeah. yeah. And I was working full time as a farmer rep at the same time. And we had two little ones at home. Oh my gosh. So it was a busy, busy stress. It was kind of stressful because the house was, the, the um, sorry, the eightplex was about a 25 minute drive from where we lived. So to go out in the evening to deal with something, two little ones at home. So That's, anyway, family did life. Did you have good, good tenants or did you have a lot uh, of tenant issues? I would probably about middle of the road. Um, they were, they were good. Uh, some were great. Some were, had a little challenge. But it wasn't that the tenants were bad, but with an eightplex, there was more often turnover. Right. And they were the younger set. They're mostly 20s, in their 20s, and they're people moving out of their parents' home for the first time. Um, so uh, there was turnover. And these were all one-bedroom apartments. Oh, so yeah. it wasn't that they were bad. It just required someone like me to be on top of what's going on. Did, yeah. did you ever have to go through an eviction process in any of the tenants there? Um, I did give N5s on occasion. Never had to go through with it. Never went to the LTB on N5, that. N5, that's that not was the, sort enjoy, of the reasonable yeah, enjoyment. Reasonable enjoyment uh, okay, yeah, so you had behavior. some tenants complaining that other tenants were just, what, music too loud? Yeah, noise or one tenant got a dog uh, and then he let the dog take poops on the front lawn and didn't clean it up <clears throat> and other people complained. Got it. So typical kind of property management type stuff. Yeah. One time there was a very, very heavy rainfall and water came in in someone's basement apartment. And so she oh, called shit. and we could hear her mopping up the water <laughs> while oh, she's man. on the phone How with did us. you manage that one? Uh, I think we called a property cleanup guy, like a, okay. you know, serve, what are those companies that will do remediation? And did the building have some faults somewhere that you had to correct? Well, yes, there, exactly. Yeah, there was... Um, when we bought the building, it was fine, but when you got a heavy rain, it that retaining wall just wasn't enough. So subsequently, when the area dried up, we called in a mason, and he built up a better wall, better drainage. And then from that property, did you go on to more multi-units, or did you go, you, you kind of went, I feel like you had some single-family type yeah. homes in your in your possession yeah. at some yeah. point. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did a bunch of that. The eightplex was the biggest that we ever went to, um, but subsequently, we bought a couple of uh, townhouses that we did rent-to-owns. And you're well aware we did a joint venture yeah, with yourself yeah. and Nick. And Feels like Mike. another lifetime ago. But yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So there was uh, the eightplex, and then there was a couple of rent-to-own homes. And then um, subsequently sold the eightplex. And then on my own, as myself with no other partners at all, 
I uh, got a triplex, a duplex, um, a semi-detached, and uh, another detached, another detached, and then the Blue Mountain condo. Yeah. And my own house. Are you listening to, the, to your mom here? So when did Taylor... Absolutely. I've, I've been there. Pull the, the whole, mic. Come right into the mic. I've been there the whole way. I've been very interested in everything she's been doing when she goes out and does those regular just checks on the properties. Something needs to be done. I come along so I can see it, so I can learn. I'm very interested in this. It's something I want to do in the future. Yeah. And I've been able to have the greatest teacher right next to <laughs> like me. I'm getting goosebumps listening to this. That's so this nice. is amazing. Holy smokes. Yeah. So Julian, I mean, the I guess the confidence that you gain, like I know when I do something new, whether it's going to the gym or getting into real estate investing, and when you're faced with problems that you can then overcome, the confidence you gain as a person, I feel is almost the biggest benefit. Because then you feel like in life you can accomplish anything. Because when you are faced with a water leak and you can get through it without knowing about a mason contact or anything. And you kind of get through it. It just gives you this confidence (laughs) like you're going to get through anything. And I think that kind of rubs off on Taylor. Maybe consciously, maybe unconsciously that she sees her mom doing stuff. And then that just feels normal to her. It is. I, I totally agree with that. Because my daughter's now interested in Bitcoin and and real estate and she goes oh I really would like to have my own place and stuff so it does rub off and I'm glad it does because she's starting from a way better place than my husband and I ever did from knowledge from just uh how to build wealth I mean I had no idea yeah yeah I agree with that it's been a real learning curve yeah. And I think the financial now, into like all these properties you're naming off, by the way, where are they? Are they all scattered across Ontario? Or? No. Um, I made a conscious decision after we sold the eightplex uh, that all my next new properties would be in Cambridge, all within a 15 minute drive of my home. So I've chosen Cambridge and focused on that. That way I, I know who's on council. I know what the bylaws are. Um, I know what to expect or the pricing you know, price points. Very good value. Yeah. I, I liked yeah. it. I, Real estate agent. Knows oh, her yeah, yeah, yeah. Deirdre, do you live in Cambridge? <laughs> no. Oh, but you do business in Cambridge. Yeah. So Guelph, Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge are all four cities that are really close together. And it's really interesting because lots of agents actually don't go between cities. It's like, I call it the great divide between Guelph and Kitchener, Waterloo. Yeah. It's like down go, Highway 7. Yeah. That's <laughs> Highway 7 is between. like, uh, you know, going to Timbuktu. <laughs> um, but I do cover the those areas and right now Cambridge is the most affordable although it's quickly catching up then it would be Kitchener Guelph then Waterloo are, are there still investment opportunities do you feel in in Cambridge I guess that's oh, yeah. a question to both of you yeah what kind of things do you think what, what what's your what, what do you like in Cambridge what type of property <clears throat> as an investment let's say yeah so it, it would have to be condos are always tricky because of your condo fees, right? They always eat away at your profit. So it's hard to make a condo cash flow often. So today, just like everywhere else, it really has to have probably two units. You know, you guys were talking about how five years ago you could buy a whole house and it would it would cash flow, and now you need two units in that house. It's interesting. Uh, what we see over time is that Property prices will increase faster than rents. Yeah. So we go through a period of time where property prices increase and then there's no cash flow <coughs> because the stand, the rent hasn't increased. But then rents catch up. And for, there's a period of overlap where a straight rental property, single family home, will actually cover or cash flow for maybe like six months, a year. And then property prices rip again. 
and there's no more cash flow and straight rent and you have to go to these other things. And I feel like we just had rents catch up really strongly. Like rents, rents have just shot up right across the board from multi-units to single, everything. Tell me about it. I'm locked in some leases at lower rents. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We all are. Yeah, we all are. But then property prices in the last six months, last two years, but then in the last six Six months, months. even the last three months just went straight up again. So now we're in that space where you do need like the second unit. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's interesting to learn how this kind of ebbs and flows a little bit, right? So Cambridge. uh, But in terms of, let's say a two unit place, you're going to pay less more often than not in Cambridge than you would in Kitchener Mm -hmm. or Guelph or Waterloo for the exact same value. Got it. Okay. Okay. More bang for your buck in Cambridge. Mm. Okay. So then Julian, I'm curious Mm. when you, now that you've gone through this and you know, Taylor's kind of involved in this now because she's watching her mom and it sounds like participating in some of this. What, looking back, what was one of your fears that has come true or has not come true? Can you recall any, or does it just seem so distant? Hmm. Wow. Uh, Deirdre, you're blocking uh, Jillian's camera a bit. Could you move over a little? Oh, there we go. There we go. Taylor Thank watching you. for her mom. There, see how advanced yeah. we are with our camera work? We should have picked up on that. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> so, Julie, so yeah, do, does anything fears. come to mind? <clears throat> well, all I can say is that I have moved, um, my goals have moved away from wanting to be actively managing my properties, and I want to go into being uh, more passive. So I wouldn't call it a fear, but rather a change in my philosophy or attitude mm-hmm. is to um, be um, more hands-off and to get away from tenants and toilets and get away from having a direct relationship with a tenant. And I'd much rather go to the other kinds of real estate investing that allow me to be more business-to-business and less hands-on. So uh, that would be my change in direction. Um, it, I, can't, I can't identify any yeah, fears, Yeah, it's interesting though. because I'm just reflecting back on watching you over the years, and I've never really seen you freak out about mm-hmm. anything in particular. Uh, well, but, I've had freakouts. <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> yeah. Were the, what were they about? Freakouts were, okay, uh, a few years ago, I was showing an apartment in the triplex to a prospective tenant. She's behind me. We go into the stairs. I'm going to show her the basement. And uh, I enter into a room and it's drywalled and I saw mold all over the wall that I, for the first time that I didn't know was there. And she's behind me. She hasn't come around the corner yet. And I turned around and I said, you know what? You know, we don't need to see this room. Thanks. Let's go back upstairs. So she, she, was, she was done looking. She left. I get on the phone with mold. I had to find mold remediation, book the guy, come in. And so that was a freak out moment of I'd never dealt with that amount of mold. And I'm talking about an arc across a wall. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that's, uh, that's interesting to me yeah. because you, you're describing something that, yeah, sure, you haven't dealt with that mold, but you're not describing I took on a bunch of debt. I, wasn't, uh, I was scared <laughs> of vacancy. Um, you're describing something that just needed to be handled yeah. that you hadn't handled. Yeah, I hadn't handled it before, but I did handle it, I would say, pretty well. Just It just it bothered me that I was discovering it as a tenant, a prospective tenant was with me in the moment. That bothered yeah. me. But once she left, then I kind of, okay, now let's get it together and go on and deal with it. Did, did yeah. you ever have fears around the money aspect of it, where you were borrowing a lot of money and responsible for all these mortgages? Yeah, last year, uh, when I bought the, the condo in Blue Mountain, I decided that I was... Um, over leveraged that if everything was fine, it was fine. But if anything did go wrong, I was I was going to be underwater. So that was the impetus to sell the duplex. So I sold a duplex just closed in January this year. Got it. So it took a while to sell and close. But I decided if I took on more debt for the condo, I had to release some debt over here. And the Blue Mountain property, that was a lifestyle decision. That's right. It's in the rental pool. So it does generate an income. But it was... Uh, so it's right in the village at Blue Mountain yep, and it's yep. part of the rental pool. Mm-hmm. And then you get to use it a certain amount of days. Is that how that works? Yeah, the maximum is 10 nights a month. Got it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, go, yeah. So you, I just you, moved. you just brush things off like it's so easy. Like, well, it's like a shell game. Like, yeah, this isn't really a big deal. The hardest thing I found was like a mold, mold and, yeah. and then you know everything I had else. To find All these mortgages guys, I qualified yeah. for really wasn't that hard. Oh, yeah. So uh, good for you. I mean, yeah. not many people have that type of mentality. I've, I've had challenges with some tenants. I had a challenge last year with someone that I probably didn't screen as well as I should have, and um, I had to ask her to leave. She just moved in, and by by six six days later, I three days later I asked her to leave, and by six days she had left. So actually, oh, I, do a, I had to do a cash for keys thing. Oh, yeah. And did you have to go high on the cash? You don't have to tell us how much if you don't want to, but did you have to go no, pretty high? No, the paralegal I talked to said I got away pretty easy. On so the anyway. highest we've heard, and I don't know if it's the same person that we're uh, referring to, yeah. is the, uh, somebody paid $30,000 yeah. to get really? rid of a tenant. Yeah, wow. right in the middle of COVID to get rid of a tenant. I wow. heard of that. Yeah. I heard someone interviewed on a, on a podcast, and she was describing that problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're probably talking, talking about the same, about the same person mine was way yeah less. yeah good for you way less <laughs> like just moving, moving costs and and one month's rent oh that's yeah. very good so what comes from, from reading rich dad poor dad um and then getting these properties because you have a bunch of real estate right now mm. and then you know knowing that your daughter taylor is kind of watching all this stuff what are, what comes to mind when you know you know when i say what do you want her to pick up from watching you what are you hoping that she notices what comes to mind when i say that I think it would be beneficial for Taylor to recognize that, here's a stat, I don't know if it's true, but I like the stat, so I'm going to quote it anyway, that of all the money that's made in the world, that 3% of it is made from people laboring for wages, and that the 97% of wealth that's made in the world is made from not laboring for wages, I'd be at, um, like you know, dividends from stocks and increase in property values. So I think if I could instill that in Taylor, that there's a whole other world out there that does not involve working for trading your time for money, as in hourly wages, and you know hoping for the next increase in the minimum wage rules, then I would say that that would be a success if Taylor could see that other world of finance beyond trading time for money. That's awesome. Yeah, great lesson. That I, is I, a great I feel lesson. like. That's where I feel like I just got ripped off when nobody told me exactly what you shared, Jillian. You yeah. know, when you're, and for me, that was in my 20s when I realized, oh my gosh, this isn't going to work out how I wanted. I'm not going to be vacationing and traveling the world as I envisioned. I'm going to be punching the clock here for a long, a long time. Yeah. So then, Deirdre, so a bit of, of your story. And Jillian, we can come back to you. Deirdre, mm. a bit of your story. How did you... You know, when you got started in the investing side, you were moving your family around. Yes. And did that then eventually turn into, I'm going to get some income property? Yeah. So early on, when we originally, um, I grew up in Toronto and our first house was in Toronto. And my husband said, why don't we rent out the basement? And I went, no. <laughs> why would I want to do that? I don't want someone living below me. And then we moved to Guelph. Uh, he bought a business in Kitchener. I went back to school. And I said, yeah, I want some income property. I want a, a mortgage helper. That's what it was called, a mortgage yep. helper. And uh, so we, we rented out our basements, always in Guelph. And then we moved to, and so that was sort of accidental. It, it started off as a mortgage helper and never really thought of it as real estate investing or anything. It was just, I was going to school. I was home part-time. It was helping pay the mortgage, really. But then... I forget. I think we started to do, I went to um, Millionaire Mind with mm -hmm. T. Harv Eker mm -hmm. and went through all those courses. And I think it was through there that I started to think, oh, yeah, time for money, trading your time for money. Oh, there's all this other whole world that I really didn't know anything about or very little. And I'm embarrassed to say because I'm a business grad. <laughs> 
Don't be so, embarrassed. I've, I'm seeing what my son's curriculum looks like at Western. I don't think there's anything really that they would have taught you in that program. I'm just, I'm a horrible parent. My son's taking this business course and I just get on the phone with him. I'm like, really? Yeah. That's what they're teaching you? And then we both kind of chuckle and we're like, for okay. For that tuition too? Yeah, for that yeah. tuition too. Yeah, holy smokes. So um, There's some practical stuff though. Oh, yeah. Accounting. I'm, there yeah, are yeah, some yeah. practical yeah. things that you're learning I'm too. horrible at accounting, but yes. Same here. Um, Credits, debits? Yeah. I don't know. Here's a receipt. Can you yeah. put it in somewhere? <laughs> exactly. I can put it in text. Um, but no, yeah, so I think that that started me on a journey of kind of self-exploration and and trying to earn another sort of income. But I was always interested in real estate. So I think buying and selling those homes, I always thought it was truly an adventure. And my friends made fun of me and said, this is before, you know, you had your cell phone, you put it in your cell phone, they actually had an address book. And they'd say, we put you in pencil because you move so much. <laughs> and, what, but what? yeah, so, and then I read um, Kiyosaki's book. And I Why think- Why did you read Kiyosaki's book? Like, what is it that gets a person to that point? Like, that's such a common been, thing for all of us. Like, Jillian just found it at the right, perfect right yeah. time. Like, the universe is speaking to, to us in certain ways, right? And then now you're saying that book, too. Yeah, what, I read it. I remember exactly where we were living. Um, someone gave it to you? or You, you know what? It? I can't even remember how I even got the okay. book. I just remember reading it and seeing those quadrants. That's the one thing I yeah. remember and going, right, I got to be in that quadrant. Yeah, the cash flow quadrant follow-up, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, and I just thought, <clears throat> how do I get there? And I guess I'm slowly getting there. 62. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and then I, I think, um, so I think it was through a millionaire mind that I got into the real estate um, stream and then going to that course and, uh, and then meeting you guys and then learning about rent to own. What does your husband say when you say, because that, that thing that we spoke at was in Calgary. Yeah. What does your husband say when you come home one day or at dinner one day, you say, I'd like to go to Calgary to this conference? No. Yeah, yeah so how did you overcome he wasn't, that? He, he wasn't uh, happy about it. He was actually quite angry at the time. And I just knew in my heart of hearts, like in my bones, I said, I know this is the right thing to do. I just know it. And I went off and did it. And then I came home. I said, I think we can make this work. And so, like, I caught really great tips. Like, use a mortgage broker who's an investor themselves so that they understand. And and then I went it's to your class. such basic stuff that we didn't know. Because when I heard that, too, yeah. for the first time, I'm like, oh, my oh, gosh, wow. that is a, a, such a smart like, tip. A light bulb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, looking back, I'm like, really? I couldn't figure that out by myself? <laughs> you know? Well, because you don't really... You don't know what you don't, don't know, know, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. So yeah. good for you. Yeah, so then, uh, and then I went to your class and rent to own and said, okay, we can do that. And, and I did three rent to owns. What, what's your husband saying during this time? Because now you're active, you're buying properties. Yeah, uh, he was on board by that time. Yeah, awesome. So now okay. he's the one who says, you know, we should be buying another property. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you, we should it. be buying another property. Do you know what property. flipped him? Can you identify why he changed his mind on that? I think that it worked out, that it was cash flowing, that it worked out, that it wasn't as complicated. Uh, he was never one worried about the money. I'm always worried about the money. I'm always the one thinking, you know. In what way are you worried about the money? So when you talked about um, uh, overextending yourself, things are going to go bad, I'm going to miss the opportunity. I grew up in in an environment where I, I always joke, you know, God bless my mom, she's passed. But, you know, if uh, if you had a new idea, something that was radical, 
she would tell you all the bad things that were going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in sort of that. So like when I decided to leave my corporate job to go back to school, I mean, I told her two weeks before uh, I was going to go, like everything was done. I'd given notice. I'd paid my tuition because I just knew what I was going to expect from her. Mm-hmm. So I think I kind of brought that mindset, but I've gotten over it. I'm getting over it. I feel yeah. like you are just watching you. I feel yeah. like I can see a change in you since we first yeah. met. Yeah. You seem a much more, co- I don't know if you weren't confident before, but much more open about what you're doing. Yeah. You know, probably much, much more open and, and maybe much more yeah. confident about explaining what you're doing. Yeah. Like you have a lot of amazing experience now. So maybe that's why it's coming across that way. Maybe. Sometimes I think about what you just said, though, like our parents all grew up through a, a rough few decades mm-hmm. and th- there are some of their defining years were when interest rates were really high. So they always taught their kids don't carry debt because interest rate was high. We've all come to learn like, okay, that's the worst advice that you could have ever given us exactly. because when interest rates are low, you want to carry yeah. debt. So and, now, and there's different types of debt. Money is so cheap Money's now. cheap, yeah. yeah. And there's different types of debt. Yes. So all debt was seen as bad, but yeah. really not all debt's bad. Yeah. If you have debt for a, a property, that's different than debt on a car that's losing. So yeah, right? we finally all right? learned that lesson. Yeah. Here's my fear. So now we're kind of over the last two decades, yeah. interest rates have been really low. So now we tell Taylor... Hey, Taylor, you know what? You just want to load up the debt. You just want to load up the debt because interest rates are low. Ju- and then Judiciously. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. No, and I, guess and I think is, that's and the this word. Is I'm, this is where I'm headed because you just never know. Like, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, today, that, you know, today the rate interest hike, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, it, it, was it at 10 o'clock? It was, yeah. It's what the, the, I don't even know the, what they know. Yeah, what, come, come closer to the mic. It went up a quarter point. So the new rate, current rate is 0.5%. Wow, right. 0.5%. So I just did a little chart. Actually, I took it from uh, Edge Realty Analytic, oh, cool. Analytics. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. And it showed on, I calculated on five, 500,000 mortgage. So 0.25 is like an extra $100 a month. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We've gone ahead and doubled the overnight lending rate. Like it's atrocious yeah. to so, 0.5. So, I'm so laughing. most people can I, I, absorb that easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. everyone lives on cash flow yeah. these days. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess that's just kind of where I'm headed, though, with this is like we kind of chuckle at these interest rate raises because we're like, okay, they really can't raise rates. Like there's all this stuff going on. They can't get too high. I get like obsessive compulsive sometimes about like the debt levels and stuff. But then in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking we still have to be careful because if we if we say, hey, Taylor, we know it all. Don't worry. Just go buy any piece of property anywhere in Guelph. You're going to be fine, even if it's like negative cash flowing, because the asset's going to appreciate because interest rates are low and our real rates are negative. In the back of my mind, I'm still scared. That's why we. I feel like we all need to talk about cash flow. Yeah. Still, even though it's hard to find and always harder to find. Well, how do you guys think about that? Absolutely. I think cash flow. Uh, so I was always taught you, you want a cash flowing property. And I always tell clients um who are saying well yes but the appreciation i'm going to buy a pre-condo pre-built condo and the appreciation i'm going to sell it i'm going okay that's good but that's also called speculation because you have no control over what happens but the cash flow i have a lot more control over but it is harder although my mindset is really kind of changing now because i look back over let's say the last 10 years and if i'd kept if i'd pushed myself and bought an extra property, where would I be today? So going through sort of that squeeze, there's there's benefit. Oh, truly overextending yourself, yes. But what if it's, what if you can afford an extra $100 a month out of pocket mm-hmm. to have that? I think 
long term, you're way better off because someone else is paying down that yeah. mortgage. So you're saying the rents will catch up eventually. Yeah. And yeah. you'll be good, like the diagram that, that Tom was talking yeah. about. And if you push yourself harder 10 years ago, you would have had another asset that yeah. has like since tripled. <laughs> I'm joking, yeah. but you know, yeah. probably has you're tripled. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right. So, uh, so that's where you're headed with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. funny. With the power of, you know, reflection, what you kind of think about your own life, yeah. right? Oh, there's so many homes that I used to own that I wish I owned today and I oh. don't. Mm-hmm. All three of my rent owns. Yeah. I wish I owned those. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, and then I think I help families that n- all three of those families would never have been able to buy without the rent own program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deirdre, what about family and friends when you're doing this? Okay, before you were moving around, but now you're getting into like rent to own. None of your friends had heard of these strategies. And then, you know, you're doing all this stuff. Do they start kind of trying to advise you like, Deirdre, you're getting a little crazier now? No, they just think I, I am the only one. I was thinking about this. I guess because I was coming here, um, I am the only one of my friends and relatives that are that is into real estate, crypto. They, <laughs> nothing. So none of the none of them have jumped on board. None, none of them have followed none. you. Wow. I guess I'm a really bad salesperson. Obviously. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, well. <laughs> you're probably just private about it, and yeah. you're probably not like me and Nick ranting on and on yeah. about it. And you're probably just like a nice person. Yeah. You're probably like a nice person who just a does nice what person. she wants to do and doesn't like <laughs> brag about it. And there's the rest of us out here like, hey, you should probably buy these properties. This yeah. is the best thing since sliced bread. Well, so yeah, you're yeah. probably just a nice person. But, Deirdre, some, right? people, some people are, are, are never going to do what you're no. doing or we're doing. They're just not. Yeah. Do you have any friends that. that have watched? what you've done Jillian and said um I haven't had too much negativity I've had people have just been on the sidelines they don't uh talk down to what I'm doing but they're just it's not for them uh just risk adverse and then I've got others who were used to be neutral and now are coming to me in the last oh six months of saying you know I think I'd like to do what you're doing tell me more I want to one (laughs) one friend of mine she's renting really wants to buy she says tell me about what you do I think you're a total badass Jillian tell me (laughs) Well, what sure, because you're, you're riding motorcycles, oh. traveling around. The, I feel like you're uh, traveling around North America on board. You're, yeah, Taylor's patting her mom on the back there. If you can't, if you're listening to this and you don't see that, yeah, pretty cool, right? Um, but you are pretty much a yeah. badass, like, yeah, for real. You're driving. Um, I feel like every time I see a picture of you, you're somewhere on a motorcycle tour around North America, somewhere probably next to wearing some the cliff, rockstar yeah, wearing t-shirt. a rockstar okay. t-shirt, next to some dangerous thing. I don't know. In my mind, it's like a mountain or a cliff or something. Usually, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of cool to hear. And then. Sorry, though, I cut you off on that. So what? What? what where well, did that so lead? Of late, yeah, I've had a few people come to me and say, you know, um, uh, yeah, do you have some uh, you know, lease agreements you can share with me? And I go, well, there's been a standard lease for about five years now. But, <laughs> but anyway, no, they say, can you have a lease agreement? Or how do you get started? Or I have no idea about the financing aspect of things. Or you know, how do you do the numbers? Stuff like that. And I'll help them. I'm happy to help them. I want to help them. We yeah, need totally. more people who are that level of financial literacy and capability. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and it's funny because through my own network, I think for the first 10 years of starting this business, we almost got no one. There are a few people who are Rockstar members for a long time from my previous software life, but in general, hardly any. Mm -hmm. And then now in the last six months or maybe 18 months, Mm -hmm. 18 probably. Yeah, it has been a turnaround where people are like connecting uh, with me through LinkedIn saying, yeah. hey, we haven't chatted in a long time. Ah. I need to pick up some property. I know I'm, you know, I'm a little late to the party. Yeah, they search Where do out. I get started? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I feel like it's yeah. been a big change. I think people are, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's people realizing that, oh my gosh, I need more hard assets in my life or diversification. No, I, I, I truly think it's people do not, have not made the connection with 
quantitative easing and money printing and their asset going up. So they just see that their assets, so their homes are going up and they're going up phenomenally, right? Like in Guelph, it's 47, 48% over two years. I mean, where else do you get that type of growth, right? Yeah. And so people say, oh my God, I really want to get on that bandwagon. And so I think they're just So seeing, it's chasing the number. Yeah, it's yeah. chasing the number. Yeah, yeah. probably they, right. They have not, I, in my conversations, people haven't connected that this is part of a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. They're just seeing, yeah, they're just seeing that their assets gone up. Oh my God, that, that is amazing. I want to get on that. Well, the flip side of that is that people are seeing that their, um, the groceries are more expensive. Gasoline's yes. more expensive. Um, I don't know, you name it, it's going up. Every time you go to the mall or anywhere, it's more expensive. And I um, rephrase the statement to the point of, well, our dollar is buying less. We have less buying power. And so, because I said, there's a lot of dollars in the system. You know, we serve anyone. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so our dollar buys less than it did a year ago. And so we're having to manage that. Um, And the way to manage that is to buy something that increases with how should we say that um, more the than, asset value? Yeah. yeah, it goes up greater than the the decreasing value of the dollar. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Jillian, you you brought two books with you here. Have you <laughs> always been a reader? Like, have you always invested in your own personal development, or is this something that's come in a different part of your life? Oh. Where where does that come from? I read in fits and starts. So I get into a bit of a, a bender for a while. I read a bunch of stuff, and then other parts of my life take over, and I'll drop it off for a while. I'm the same way. But I'm trying to be more disciplined. Instead, in the evening, watching the screen. I'm trying to pick up the book and stay with that. And then what about your journeys on the motorcycle? Where, what's the background to all that? Well, that's out of left field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just okay, trying to figure you out. How long have you had a motorcycle? I'm trying to figure you out. I'm trying to figure you out. How long have you had a motorcycle? I bought the first bike in 2012, but I've had my license since 1993. So why did you buy the first bike? Oh, I decided, well, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. So I had the license, always had this big idea, this vision of me wow, riding around, cool. enjoying the scenery, and didn't do it, didn't do it. I bought a house instead. So I got the license in 93, but then I um, subsequently bought a house. I said, well, there's no motorcycle in the budget now. Bought the house as a single, Shit, single life, idea. Ca- life catches life up to catches you, right? Up. Crushes those dreams. <laughs> crushes those really dreams. Yeah. Yeah, Reality yeah, yeah. sets Damn house. So, yeah. yeah. So many years went by and then started family. And then the kids were a little older. They were f- full-time in school. And I looked at my life and I said, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. So I just, oh, oh, and, and with that eight plex, we had a nice little cash cushion in the bank account for the eight plex. So I said, I could actually buy a bike with none of my own personal money that I labored for. I'm going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Oh, that's nice. Let me pull out. It was only about five grand at the time. It wasn't like massive amounts of money. So in 2012, I pulled out 5,000, bought a little 250cc dirt bike, dual sport, on-road, off-road, Yamaha. And then and I had my license. I took a refresher course because I hadn't ridden for a long time. And then just started riding that. And then it took off from there. And then I decided if I get a proper street bike that carries luggage, I could do extended trips and like i said it took off from there and what are some arizona colorado nova scotia really yeah all on your bike pennsylvania yeah how long does it take you to get to arizona on your bike? well truth be told that one the arizona trip was oh i combined it with a with a a pharmaceutical sales meeting perfect (laughs) phoenix so the the hotel was paid for the meals were paid so so how did you do that the company no, 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 no. I'll explain. So the, so the company flew us out for the conference. It was a four-day conference in Phoenix, stayed at a hotel. And then I had arranged to fly back, not with everybody else in the company, but um, four days forward after that. And I'd also arranged for a motorcycle rental. 
So the conference ends, everyone else flies home. I took a taxi to the rental place, got a, 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 a rented Yamaha FGR 1300, and then I rode that around Arizona for four days, and then returned it to the rental place, jumped on a plane, and went home. That Very is so cool. cool. Yeah. That yeah. is yeah. so freaking yeah. cool. I think that was 20, you are a 2014. Badass. You are, and, and you like doing this all by yourself. Well, no, I, I, I was with a partner. So I have okay. a new partner in my life, and so he and I went. So okay. he flew down, also rented a bike, and then met me. So we did the four And then on very some nice. of these tours, do you do it with other groups of people who are motorcycle enthusiasts or something? Or no, is it always like when you're going to Nova Scotia, is that leaving from this area and yeah, going there? Yeah, that was direct from, from Ontario from here. And is that with a bigger group or no? No, that was just the two of us, wow. myself and my partner. Now I do, I am a part of a pretty active motorcycle group, but I don't do group trips with that those people. It's more like we do conferences together and talk about our trips, show slideshows, learn about mechanical stuff and just travel like learn about travel and that would be somewhere in Ontario like uh, somewhere in cottage country how, how yeah. was the trip out to Nova Scotia I've never been out oh, there it was amazing it was yeah. awesome My husband yeah. just Bay of Fundy very there. windy up the tunnel up the Bay of Fundy in fact there's windmills and I remember riding the bike and being killed over like to, just to counteract the sheer force of the wind on this side and the centrifugal or the gyroscopic stability of the bike on this side just to stay up gyroscopic stability gyroscopic stability Jillian, I think that's like pretty fascinating. You you know, you had this idea, then you bought the first house and started a family. And I think so many people, we all get into that group, you know, a little bit of that rut. And you just seem to, and Deirdre, you too. There's a moment where you just are like, screw it. I'm cracking out of this thing. Yeah. And I feel like some people that I see in my life who have not done that yet, you can see the misery increasing. <laughs> I laugh because some of these are my friends. I should laugh. <laughs> They're good friends. We make fun of each other all the time. I this is it, allowed. I call this it is the, purely this, allowed. This I, is allowed. I call it the soul-crushing misery. The soul-crushing yes, misery, misery yeah. of life, yeah. of just doing the same thing the over race. and over. And I don't know. I don't know. You guys seem very cheerful. I don't know if it's a, a, a man thing, but I feel like when men hit the a certain age, they just get grumpier and grumpier and grumpier. <laughs> Maybe it's because so the they, they know the what they've missed. Out. Yeah, maybe the misery just compounds. Yeah, yeah. Since everything well, is miserable. <laughs> I never, ever, ever wanted to get to that point. So yeah. I said, I've got to make a change sooner than later before I become, before I'm too far gone down that that rabbit hole. So, it's true. I I sort of did the same thing because yeah. I was in corporate life. Then I went back to school, and then I went into pharma, and then I went into real estate. So, yeah. So what would you tell, okay, so both of you, what would you tell Taylor listening to this when she falls into some period of her life, like we all do, that's either a rut or, you know, where you're just kind of down a little bit. You're like, you're feeling like yeah. shit. Yeah. Same, <laughs> same. You know same. what I'm talking yeah. about? Different day, same yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what, it's, it's just, you know, just endless, like, I have like a, Groundhog Day. Yeah. I have a certain set of habits that I kind of are my go-to for those moments. Do you, what would you share with Taylor? Like if she's in a period of her life where it's six months and not feeling the greatest, everything's feeling like Groundhog Day. Let's call it her late twenties. Um, that's her period of her life. What? And, and I'm asking you, Jillian. What? We, what advice would you give um, Taylor to crack out of that? Well, I, I would say I give Taylor a voice here to say. You're up next, Deirdre. Uh, I think Taylor, if you're willing to maybe share what your next say 12 months look like as your plan, because you're, you're graduating. And oh, absolutely. You're, you're not going to take the maybe the standard path. Just if you want to share. Oh, good for you. I yeah. tried to convince my kids not to, and they were bound and determined. They said they had to go to university yes. after it. Oh, wow. Because all their friends were going, they weren't going to miss it. Okay. Yeah. I well, said, I mean, oh, I I've. I've definitely been able growing up to see a lot of options that aren't the default path. And I very much made the decision for myself that it's not what I want. My next 12 months uh, after school ends, I am going to work at a summer camp during the summer. 
and then I am leaving Canada. I am spending a whole year traveling the wor world, working as I go. I want to see the world. I want to gain new experience. I want to become independent. And then when I get back to Canada, uh, I'm going to start working on my investing, building a real estate portfolio, uh, possibly working in the trades while I'm building that, having my good uh, bank-approved T4 to really get that lending. Oh, there it's we go. There's the real estate investing smart. experience. Yes, get me yes. that T4 so I can qualify. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I very much have seen that, um, that sort of like dead just doing the same thing every day uh, attitude on other people. And life life is a gift. It's very it's very important to use it to the best of your ability because it's it's all you get. So I, I it's very important to me to make the most of everything and I'm creating a plan for me to do that. Wow, you are, oh, that, that yeah, is you don't need advice so, from any of us. Sorry, so you're insightful good. Yes. and and articulate and uh, Really forward thinking. That's thank that's you. Uh, I mean, I've heard uh, a lot of people, even just here at this table today, talking about when they had that moment as an adult, uh, often picking up a Robert Kiyosaki book. And I, mom, Mac, or <laughs> Jillian, actually, uh, she's your mom. That's yeah, allowed. Yeah, that's allowed. Yeah, um, <laughs> actually suggested I'd start reading one of his books, and I did. And Something I noticed is it didn't have the same impact on me that a lot of other people have professed. And I think the big difference in my upbringing is that I've already been exposed to a lot of those ideas in various ways, uh, through my mom, through Rockstar, through uh, just being younger than you guys, having access to the internet. Uh, <laughs> a lot younger, rub, a lot yeah, younger. Rub it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've just already had that experience and had my mind opened in that way. Uh, so I just, I've just always had that perspective, whereas for other people, they sort of gained that later in life already as adults. Yeah, that's so true. It's so true. And, uh, and being able to have that exposure has given you, you're right, you're already thinking differently than people who are just on the main path. You know, you go to school, get a good job, work hard, hope for, you know, a promotion so you make more money, so you can work harder to get <laughs> yeah, another promotion so to work harder. To get as, more stress. Uh, yeah. As every high pay schooler more does. Sick. Pay, pay more taxes. <laughs> as every high schooler does, as every middle schooler, I've considered, well, what career would I be happy with? What field would I want to go into for the rest of my life? And something that uh, I really... A conclusion I really came to thinking over that for years as going through the grades is there is none. There is nothing like job wise that I just want to be, well, this will be the rest of my life working like this. I, I want to do real estate. I want to get things working. I want my money to work for me so I don't have to. Oh. I want the freedom to, to travel the world, to do my own creative projects to do what I want to do rather than being stuck to making money so I can live. So wow. interesting that that, yeah, th that at your age, that book didn't have that impact on you because I think for us, we had never been exposed to that type of thinking at all. No. So that's why the Kiyosaki book was such this like hit over the head almost like, wow, I'm really on the wrong path here. So for you to have that understanding now, 
That's amazing. I'm just trying to think what are the dangers of having this understanding that we could then share with you. But uh, I don't know well, what they your are. Your son Aiden is also of that mindset, is he not? Yeah, yeah, Aiden's of the same mindset. Yeah, he's kind of like I think he's resigned himself to the fact that university will like be a check mark item. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, went to university, check check it off. But in no way is there a correlation to his financial future or his happiness as a person because of a university degree. Mm -hmm. Whereas I always went to university thinking graduating that guarantees my financial so future. Did I. So yeah. did I. Yeah, yeah so, so we that's what that's what that's told, yeah, right? and, yeah, and and yeah. I think yeah, he's to get a good job, you needed that university, university yeah. education at least. Yeah. yeah, you weren't going to succeed without it. Yeah, yeah. at least the I, yeah. I was. I, yeah. that's what I. And heard. maybe it's because you know my parents anyway, they didn't come from much at all, so they thought if you're educated, you know, this was the way. So it's no fault of theirs. This is just the system that we were kind of born into. And what about your yeah. daughter? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's now thinking she really loves the she loves real estate. She loves design. She's in grade she, ten, right? She's in grade ten right yeah. now. Okay. So she's having different thoughts about what she would like to explore. And then she, because Aiden's uh, nineteen, turning twenty, he's been saving a little longer than mm. her, working a little bit more than her. So his savings has grown a little bit, and she's pretty competitive. <laughs> so so he's now gearing up to you know he's got a certain amount of Bitcoin. He wants to buy his first rental property. Good for and him. she's like, well, Dad, um, you know the prices of these things keep going up and if i keep saving at this you know right. arrangement that we have with this allowance because i'm basically kept them both to the same on an allowance for different things she has to do yeah and uh it's like this really isn't going to work out too well because the prices of things are <laughs> increasing she's, yeah. she's telling you she's totally rising yeah. She, yeah yeah she, i keep yeah, up yeah, i brought totally this up with my mom yeah. the other week <laughs> Yeah, did you? Yeah, so yeah, you guys have like hacked the system. You're like, hey, this is a little bit of a scam yeah, because my allowance is not increasing at the rate that properties are increasing. Exactly. They're kind and, of going yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, oh my gosh, my teachings are backfiring so, on so me now. The house prices and the yeah. wages. Yeah. yeah, the income is not keeping up with the asset price. I'm like, good for you. That's the way the world is. You figure out how to get around it. That's okay? number one. Yeah, the yeah. First, did you hear this? The first rule of economics is scarcity. The first rule of politics is to ignore the first rule of economics. Yeah, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. That's yeah. a perfect summary. Totally. Um, Deirdre, did you, were you always a reader? Like now, you know, you're talking about crypto and stuff and I'm kind of laughing because our mom who, I won't share her age, but we, uh, you know, she's got some Bitcoin and stuff. Yeah. Our father, who's not, he can't manage an iPhone, but we're trying to get him some Bitcoin right now, just on a hot wallet on his phone, more for fun to say yeah. he did it than anything. Um, at the age of, let me get it right, 82. Mm. Um why you know why are you down this path right now and the crypto path what's cap what's capturing oh, so, your interest there like so are, listening is this because to you guys you're a reader i'm a reader and i'm kind of like jillian i kind of go hard on reading and then i take breaks and then i go back to reading and uh so right now i'm in a reading mode um yeah i got i think listening to you guys and reading and you know the bitcoin standard and stuff um realizing every fiat system dissolves, fails at some point. And we are watching our fiat system mm -hmm. fail slowly over time. I used to think it was going to happen like in a week. And now mm -hmm. I realize it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's a slow motion it's, train wreck. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a train wreck that's just happening wreck. in slow yeah. motion, right? And you kind of see it happening yeah. and you look around to the rest of the world like, hey, are, do, you, do you see what's happening here? Yeah. And no one else sees no. it because it happens in the slow Everyone motion. says crypto, oh, it's way too... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Way volatile. Too volatile. Yeah. Except my niece's husband is really into stocks and crypto and... And so when I go out and visit him, go out and visit them, we have a good conversation. Um, but yeah, so it was it was preserving wealth, really. Th th that's what really intrigued me was, you're right, this is, it's just math, as he says. 
and uh, and it. it was a way to preserve wealth. And I thought, you're right. This is this is happening. Every fiat currency since time has always failed at some point, and we are in the in that moment yeah. right now. You know, you know what I heard in the news? Um, the with this problem between Russia and Ukraine, the war. Mm-hmm. That the Russian ruble is devaluing at a drastic rate. I think it lost something like sixty percent of the value. Oh yeah, it, it, it went and, off a cliff. And people it's are trying to buy U.S. dollars. US cent. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, yes. So people are trying to acquire U.S. dollars wherever they can in Russia, but no one wants to buy the ruble. So talk about fiat money going downhill. That's yes, happening in in a week's time. Yeah, yeah. exactly, because it's yeah. lost confidence, mm-hmm. which is what you guys talk about. I love you guys. You guys are speaking <laughs> my language. We're just yeah, yeah. Keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. So I just I was listening to something this morning as I was stuffing envelopes. But um, could Russia and China collectively change the dollar's reserve status? And this actually talks about China and Russia, but China going to a cryptocurrency that is actually gold-backed. Oh. Interesting. And that they're working on that. So it was kind of an interesting um, article, but it, it just shows that even countries are looking for alternatives to the dollar. I heard India was adopting uh, cryptocurrency. Is that right? India? They have they have one of more, the most forward-looking kind of, um, I don't know if it's, a, it's not quite a CBDC, but uh, mobile kind of uh, financial. Keith on our team here was just back from Mumbai in India and he was just telling me how advanced they are in some of their mobile applications and their ability to pay for things. But I think it's their own kind of crypto that they're trying to do. It's not something like Bitcoin. Okay. And and I would I would agree with that because like I, I I understand that because I remember several years ago like in Africa mobile apps and paying on your um, mobile phone was way ahead of where we were in North America simply because they didn't have the infrastructure. So it was a way to pay each other because they didn't have the infrastructure. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure India is kind of similar. They probably don't have the infrastructure that we have. Mm -hmm. Just listening to all of you speak, I'm interested in your opinion. For women listening to this right now, if they're maybe on their own, what would you tell them about getting into real estate is there some advice like i don't know maybe you have better thoughts into what's going through their mind than i would like is there is there a fear that they need to overcome or is there something that they should be thinking that perhaps um you can help them with what comes to mind when i say that yeah certainly i think fear can you do it on your own can i afford it on my own and will i get ripped off maybe yeah and you know what that's that's really the number one question I often get about uh, real estate investing is bad tenants, you know, tenants and toilets. And I go, you know, the number one thing that I deal with? Appliances. And they go, really? Mm-hmm. And you could almost see them like relax. I go, yeah, appliances is the number one thing I've always had to deal with. Hmm. Like, So you rest- haven't dealt with the major fear of tenant is going to damage my pro- A lot of people are like, they're, they're going to take a sledgehammer yeah. and they're just going to punch holes in all the walls of every, you know, everything no, in my house. No, because I've, knock wood, I've always had really good tenants and I've learned a lot from listening to other people at Rockstar and there and what's happened with them. So it's kind of like what not to do <laughs> um, or how to avoid doing something. So I've always had really great tenants. So that was never a fear of mine. Um, but I also was probably pretty good at screening people. Mm-hmm. So, what, and I set the expectation high. Why were you good at screening? What were you looking for? So, Income, gut feel? Because uh, I'm, I'm the those. gut feel person, yeah. Nick's the income person. So, so he's basically by the paper and I'm like, there's just something wrong. There's something, I'm feeling something yeah. off with these people. Yeah. And uh, both. Yeah, you need so both. So look at you you need need both. Need both. Yeah. yeah, so their income 
but also I try and listen to uh, what they're not telling me. So try like they'll focus on uh, this story always stuck. So I was I have a property in Hamilton Mountain. Guy came to me, and had I not been at Rockstar, I probably would have fallen for this. He said, "I'll give you a hundred dollars more a month," and I would have thought, "A oh, hundred dollars? Yeah, I'll take that." But then I went. So what do you do for a living? Oh, I uh, I drive. Um, I do uh, snow removal in the winter, and and then in the summer, like grass landscaping stuff like that. And I thought, so yeah, no, I'm not going to take the hundred bucks because you know what? What if we have a really dry Christmas or a dry winter, yeah. and you're not really working that mm-hmm. much? So, I, but had I not had that sort of insight, I probably would have been attracted to the the dollars and said oh a hundred dollars it's very tempting isn't it it is very tempting you know when you're adding that onto your cash that's totally pure profit profit. yeah i kind of went yeah not going so it's kind of like looking at what jobs do they have what's the likelihood that that company is going to go down or they're going to be downsized having been downsized a number of times (laughs) um things like that what's their story like i have client um tenants who he doesn't work he's on disability but she works for the hospital and she has a really stable job. So you feel like just a secure situation. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Okay. So overall the fears, if someone's listening to this and haven't jumped in from your opinion, the fears don't come quite true. Never. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. And Jillian, what about yourself? Taylor, I'm coming to you next. I'm going to ask your opinion on this. I would take the lesson, the mantra from yourself and Nick about, yeah, stuff will go wrong. Expect stuff to go wrong, but plan ahead. Be, be ready for it mentally and have your power team in place so you know who to call when in uh, promptly. And I got to say, the Telegram VIP group has been invaluable. I know Deirdre's active on it as well. I'm on it a lot. And uh, the amount of just information sharing coming con- there. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. Sharing it's almost content. like a support group, right? Oh my God, it is. Yeah. This, it's this happened to me today. Group. I'm, you know, And yes. then other people are like, oh yeah, you think that's bad? Well, this happened to me. And you somehow feel a little bit <laughs> well, better. But, but, <laughs> but it's not a pity party either. No, no, not at all. No, 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 no. Sure. We're all people who take care of ourselves. Totally. We're able to take care of ourselves. Yeah. But well, it just helps to support. Yeah. 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 To vent. It's just like, nice. Yeah. Like, Well, here's the thing. Having found Rockstar has been a huge, like you and Nick have done a phenomenal job in terms of creating a community that is very supportive. And also, as you say, like bringing on um, other members who and their experiences, because had I not heard of that, I would have thought I'm the only one going through it, mm-hmm. or that's going to be a huge issue. And then when you see other people and they've gone through it, you go, okay, yeah, you can deal with that. I think that's what freaked Nick and I out when yeah. we were by ourselves, or we felt we were by ourselves when tenants would call us about mold mm-hmm. or about water in God, the basement, water yeah. in the basement yeah. or about uh, yeah. late rent. And we didn't quite know to hand, how to handle it. And the lawyers that we knew at that time really couldn't, they didn't engage with us. We didn't know great people like Kelly Hawks to bounce questions off, yeah. off yeah. of. And you just felt petrified. Yeah. Like multiple times I would call Nick thinking, I've ruined our lives yeah. because we have a leak in the basement that we can't quite afford. I don't know where to get the money. And not only that, I don't know who to call. I don't know how long this is going to take. And the lack of information scares you. Yes. That's actually worse. That's a- worse than the problem. It's yes. the scared about and the lack of information, information. about handling the problem. Yeah. That's and I right. think that's why what you're saying about that Telegram VIP yeah. group is really useful because if you're missing a piece of information, you can quickly put your situation out there and someone else... And I really have to thank every rock star member who's a part of that because they can then respond saying, well, hey, Jillian, check this out. And it just instantly puts your mind at ease. And I think, you know what, getting back to your question about women, um, I think women are much more um, 
uh, want a support mechanism in place and they're more collaborative. Got it. And yeah. so I yeah, think you're right. Guys, guys are not always the most collaborative, collaborative. group. <laughs> I, I, I do. Well, I think well, this VIP group is pretty good. It is. A yeah. lot yeah. of men yeah. will yeah. weigh in with yeah. their yeah. ideas. Yeah. 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 But yeah. in general, in general sort of, mm-hmm. I think, you know, if we're talking generalizations, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think women are, are tend to be more collaborative and they want that sort of support. So having mm-hmm. that, that was, that certainly helped me. If I had to have done this on my own, I probably never would have taken the first step. And the only reason we didn't, we haven't opened that up wider is Nick and I didn't want to police some kind of social media group because it just turns into people posting different things. And, you know, this is kind of unique the way this one's worked out. And the VIP group is a great size. That that one's worked. worked. It's it's really worked out. It's worked out perfectly. Taylor, I'm curious. So for other people in grade 12 who are scared about their future, you seem to have thought through this a lot. What would you tell them? Maybe they hear you and they're like, well, I'm going to be forced to go to university and now this sucks because I hear Taylor and she's saying, not, you're not saying not to go, but that it's not your path. What do you tell someone your age when they're trying to figure out their future? What kind of advice would you have for them? And I'm not sure if you, there's, I don't think there's a perfect answer, but what, what comes to mind? Yeah, well, I mean, um, on questions like that, like the previous one that was asked about uh, young women uh, getting into real estate, jumping in for the first time, uh, a strategy I use there is you kind of just have to decide that failure isn't an option. That's when I had to save up a lot of money in a very short period of time when I had no work experience because I wanted to go to Quebec for three months on an exchange, and I was going to do it. I don't care if you don't believe me, it, to people who didn't believe me. <laughs> I, I, uh, that was something I was doing, and I was determined to succeed at that. And I worked really hard. I got a job. I got two jobs. I was working a lot, and I made enough money. I decided I was going to do it, and I did. And the, imp- the important part of that strategy is you decide failing isn't an option and then you look at what you need to do to not fail. It's like, I have to succeed at this. How do I succeed? Because it's just what I have to do. There aren't other options. So I, that's a mindset that I think uh, has helped me. For people who feel are in grade 12, feel uncertain about their future, I think it's important to really like pick your head up, look around the world, look at the options, especially options that are do not resemble the beaten path and just think about like what do you want out of your life? I want to have freedom to be able to choose what I want to do. If what I want to do changes in 5 years, I want to be able to just do that. Um so I think Figure out what your goals are and uh, just work on moving towards that. It, I think uh, also the, the value I have, like how important my life is, it's like this is all I get. It, it's important to like go for what you want and not wait for it. Like if you have family pressure, if you're afraid, if you feel like it won't work out, it's, it's still important to go for it. And I think when you're younger like this, it's scary, of course. You've lived with your parents your whole life. You don't have experience being independent, living on your own. But it's also a good opportunity to do the things that are riskier, that you aren't sure if they'll work, they'll work out. 
because you don't have those responsibilities that if you fall on the beaten path, you will have later on. You'll have your university debt. You might have a partner. You want to stay with them. Uh, you might want to have kids, get a house somewhere. You'll have a job. You don't want to leave that. It, right out of high school is actually a very good time to start doing those things that you're afraid of. Wow. I guess uh, excited to see to meet Taylor in ten years to see really? what she's uh, doing with her life because yeah it's uh, you're She'll on a great path her. yeah <laughs> you're on a great path you're on a great path thanks for sharing all that Taylor yeah. that's uh, yeah. that's incredible good insights yeah totally I don't think I was thinking in those ways at your age so that's, I that's definitely exciting was not to hear thinking. I was I don't know what I was thinking I was thinking <laughs> I where's was thinking the where's the everyone going to, on the weekend yes, yeah, exactly. where are we going on the weekend that's what I was thinking so uh, where really am I yeah really great. Pleasure to, yeah. to, to learn more about you, Taylor, and what goes through your mind. And thanks for sharing that. I don't think that's really easy to do. And you articulate it so well. Thank so, you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. The way and it's did. not about the job. It's sort of a lifestyle and what you want out of that lifestyle. And, and what do I need to do to... Mm-hmm propel that lifestyle to create that lifestyle taylor's life taylor's terms yeah taylor's life totally. taylor's terms there we go Love we got it. a t-shirt so um so thank you all all of you uh, jillian are we handing out contact info no if oh, someone wants to reach yeah, out to jillian they can they can reach out to the rockstar office yeah. and we will put you in touch uh, jillian anything else you wanted to share before we start to to wrap oh, wow. up here uh, well, just it's been a real pleasure. Um, it, I've had a nice connection with Deirdre over the years. Just sort of we just stayed acquainted uh, through different connections, and mm. it's lovely that way to have be like-minded. I'm so glad there's Rockstar here because I can bring Taylor in. She accompanies me whenever she can to go to these properties when I have to. Take I can see repairs. how proud of you, uh, yeah. you yeah. are yeah. of her. It's yeah. incredible to see. Well, so. and I'm lucky. This one's going to take off in uh, the fall to do your travels, uh, likely France to become fluent in French. And she's still very young, so I said, well, you're not going by yourself just yet. I'm going to go with you and stay with you and do the traveling together for at least three to four weeks. Cool. So I get to go to France as well. Yeah, yeah. I love that excuse. That's a (laughs) great excuse. That's what I need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that is the plan. Um, So, yeah, so I'm very proud of my daughter, and I'm happy that um, this community is here. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's my thing. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, Yeah, awesome. And uh, Deirdre, anything else you want to share? I don't know. Uh, Nothing comes to my mind, but if something comes to yours. Yeah, no, I am so thankful for you and Nick and and Rockstar. You guys are too kind. You are too kind. No, it's true. You would have found your own path. And we just all happened to meet each other at the time where we were all having these thoughts, I think. And and I'm really hot. Well, and I'm happy that I'm on this path because one of my daughters is, as I mentioned, Sophie is really into... Um, crypto and finding and real estate investing and I just think what an opportunity she has in front of her hopefully our other daughter will somehow Mm -hmm. find this path (laughs) (laughs) everyone's on their own path everyone's on their own path but uh but I'm so happy about that because yeah it's just an entirely different outlook than what I had when I was going Mm -hmm. in grade 13 when they had grade 13 Mm -hmm. and going to university and what I thought was what success looked like yeah totally yeah Yeah. Uh, this one's into bitcoin by now too eh yeah I I have my own bitcoin yeah that that message is approved that message is approved (laughs) right there yeah Yeah. Yeah. I heard some guy on on Instagram uh don't know who he is and he said Bitcoin, yeah. Okay, every week, just 
just buy something. If it's a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred, whatever it is, just buy it every week. You will be in a good position yeah. ten years yeah. from now. Yeah. yeah, it really feels that way. And if you if you haven't you done your research on it, it sounds crazy. It <laughs> you does know, just so sound crazy. you kind of you have to you have yeah. to understand what you're doing. But yeah. awesome, awesome, Taylor. Any last I don't know any last words? Anything that comes to mind, Taylor? Uh, it's, it's been very wonderful to be here. Uh, it was mentioned I'm not in school because this is a better opportunity. Uh, I, I love being here. I love networking. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Tom. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. I'm glad you, you both yeah, committed you. to doing this. So thanks for telling us that yeah. we should have more women out of our on the podcast. Zone. Yeah, that was about and two and a half months ago. Yeah, right? yeah, it was. Did, yeah, this. yeah. Yeah. And uh, so thank you. Thank you for being here yeah, today. Thank thanks for each of you for sharing your stories. And I feel we should do this again a little bit down yeah. the path and uh, see where things end up. Maybe Taylor could zoom in from France for the next one. Oh, yeah, geez. yeah, Taylor. There you go. <laughs> you can speak French for half, half the half the. I'll use my grade eleven French, which is non-existent anymore. And you can, yeah, you can zoom in from France and give us an update. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Thanks, everyone. Thank okay. you. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tom. Actually, one more thing. We, we're not ending yet. Deirdre, your contact oh. information. Oh. Yeah. Um, cell phone five one nine eight zero three fifty seven fifteen, and email is my first and last name. Uh, D-E-I-R-D-R-E done D-U-N-N-E dot sold at gmail.com and, and we didn't mention this but because you're we kind of alluded to it but you're active doing real estate in those cities that you mentioned yeah I'm a real estate broker Cambridge Kitchener yeah. Guelph and Waterloo and Waterloo and surrounding area a real estate broker active today yeah. so if you're looking for someone who knows her stuff you can reach out to Deirdre we'll also put some contact information for you in the show notes of this episode. Sure. So anyone listening to this who wants to track you down can track you down. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Hey, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Jillian and Deirdre and Taylor. Really enjoyed chatting with them. Taylor wanted to share her contact information, so I'm going to read that out now. So if you wanted to reach out to Taylor, she wanted to share that. So I'm going to read out her email address right now. Give me one second. Here we go. That, that email address is, is unconventionalnavigation at gmail.com. So if you wanted to reach out to Taylor, that's Jillian's daughter who was on this episode, she wanted to share her email address and that email address is unconventionalnavigation at gmail.com. There you go. And if you are listening to this and you want to get started in your real estate investing and you want to join a membership like the Rockstar Inner Circle, you can find all the details of what we do in that membership at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms. <laughs>